Yup. It's about to happen. Check one. Come on, man. Let's do this. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. It is me, your man, and you are kicking it with Ken. So the tagline to this podcast is conversations to help you live way better. And as much as I possibly can, I want this podcast to be uplifting, informative, sometimes entertaining, but not controversial. So I'm going to go ahead and put this episode in the column of informative. Now, we all know that bad things happen to people. People oftentimes say, why do bad things happen to good people? That's the saying. Why do bad things happen to good people? Well, bad things happen to good people. They happen to bad people. Good things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. We don't always have a choice on what's happening. Time and unforeseen occurrence happens to us all. So we generally don't picture bad things happening to us. Even though we know that they will, we don't generally picture bad things happening to us. To us. I want to tell you a story. So I am the kind of man that, first of all, let me say that this, this message today is directed at men. There are things that women can benefit from. However, this is really directed at men. Now, I am the kind of man that gets a regular physical exam. I do it every year. I try to do it around my birthday, so I remember. And I am pretty good about getting it done, except for when the podcast, when the podcast, when COVID was going on. So last year, I got a a physical exam and my doctor had been getting on me about going in for my blood work, because if you're doing a proper full annual exam, you need to get a full panel of blood work. So the doctor had been getting on me for a while and I hadn't been doing it because I would uh, forget to do it. I'm not super good at planning things ahead and doing the blood work for my A1C required that I fast for 12 hours, which meant if I was going to go in the morning, I had to stop eating by a certain time of day. And so I kept on messing that up, eating too late. That blows out the next day. Eventually, you forget to do it, and it had gone on for probably a couple of years that I hadn't gotten my blood work. Finally, I got my act together, and I went in and got the blood work, made an appointment for my annual physical, went in. So the doctor does all his questions and and checks my blood pressure and my heart and all this stuff and talks to me about a number of things. One of the parts of the blood work is called the PSA. It stands for prostate-specific antigen. Only men have this because only men have prostates. My prostate-specific antigen, my PSA, had gone up a bit. The doctor said that it's not unusual for men at my age, you know, I'm older, 
would have a slight increase in their PSA. Mine had gone up to 4.4. The problem with this is 4.0 is the cutoff. Anything past 4.0 is considered abnormal and is cause for at least a little bit of concern or perhaps cause to look deeper, perhaps. Not necessarily an issue, but it's something to look at. My doctor said that I could wait for a few months and then have it checked again, or I could go see a urologist. I don't like to play around with this kind of stuff, so I chose to go see a urologist. I went in to see the urologist, and first his assistant, who was very good, sat and talked to me, reviewed my records, saw my 4.4 PSA. He thought that it probably wasn't, I know I'm using my hands a lot, but yeah. He thought that it wasn't that big of a deal, that I'd probably be okay, especially because of my age. And again, when you get past the age of 55, which I am, it is not unusual for your PSA to rise a bit. So the urologist came in. The, the urologist was a very young guy, unusually young looking. He must have been like a, a Doogie Hauser type dude. Anyways, he's, he's very highly regarded, super good communicator. He sat with me. He looked at the records. He said he didn't like the 4.4 PSA for me for a couple of reasons. I am in three risk groups. One, I am a black man, risk group. Number two, my father had prostate cancer. He's a first degree relative. Secondly, I'm over 55, so I'm in three risk groups. The doctor said he didn't like this number for me. He recommended that I get a biopsy, or he said, like my doctor, we could wait for a few months and check my PSA at that time and make a decision. I said, nope, I want to go in for the biopsy. So I decided to go for the biopsy. I have a little bit of a problem. I am a huge Googler. So I researched what was involved in a biopsy. Turned out to what I think was probably a bad idea <laughs> because it made me very, very nervous about this procedure. I thought it would be very painful and that I'd go through a whole lot of nonsense. And when I went in, turns out it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it would be. It's uncomfortable. There was the doctor who was a man and a woman in there. I think there was two women. That part is also extremely uncomfortable, but you know, you do what you have to do. So they did the biopsy. Keep in mind that from my initial visit with the doctor to the urologist was about a month. From the time I went to see the urologist to the time I got the biopsy was at least another two to three weeks. Everything in this process takes a long time. So I got the biopsy and then I had to wait for a month for the results to come in. The results came in. I had an appointment. I believe it was a month later. And I went in very nervous because I am about to find out whether or not I have cancer. So I went in. 
the doctor came in and he got right to it, which I appreciate. He said, bad news, we did find some cancer. After that, everything goes black. He continued talking. I heard bits and pieces, but mostly I was blacked out. I was stuck on, I have cancer. I have cancer. I know this stuff happens to people. I never pictured it happening to me, and yet here I am. I have cancer. So he goes on explaining some things. Again, I, I, I caught some pieces of what he was talking about, but I missed a lot of it. He felt like what I had and where my PSA was that would have to be treated. Treatment was either radiation or surgery. Recovery from either one of those can potentially be really, really rough. It can put you out of commission for maybe a couple of months and it can uh, potentially have lasting side effects. So I was really nervous about that. He did tell me that he wanted to send out the biopsy sample to another laboratory that would do genetic testing on it. The genetic testing is used for a couple of reasons. For one, if you have children, it, it can give an indicator towards about what the risk is for your children. I don't have children, so that wasn't an issue for me. The other thing is that it can determine what the likelihood is. It can give you an idea. What, there's no guarantees, but it gives you an idea what the likelihood of the cancer metastasizing is, what the likelihood of it spreading through your body. If this happens, it is a nightmare. So he sent it out for genetic testing. I had an appointment a month later. Again, everything takes super long. He said that the genetic testing showed that I had a low-grade cancer and that he recommended what is called active surveillance. Now, active surveillance means that they will essentially monitor your PSA levels. If the PSA level goes up, it's a big danger sign. It's, it's time to potentially have to consider treatment depending on how much it goes up. If it stays the same, then you go another three months, so on and so forth. This is a process that unless you get surgery, you're going to be in this process probably for the rest of your life. And I can tell you that you're never ready for this kind of news. And you can't really know how you'll react until or unless you're actually in the situation. <clears throat> now, I had always thought that if I had ever gotten sick, like seriously sick, or seriously incapacitated, that I'd be a powerful voice for uh, whatever I had gone through, that I would become an advocate for whatever I go through. I'd be powerful and positive, and that positivity would shine. Now, I actually acted the way I thought I would act, partially, but not entirely. I I was kind of in between. I was I found myself feeling off balance. People would ask me, understandably, how do you feel? Like, that's what you do. You say, how do you feel? And I would, on the outside, I learned to say I'm hanging in there. I just didn't feel good about saying I felt good because I knew that inside I was anything but good. 
So I had this kind of irony that, or in irony, I guess, that I had no physical symptoms, none. And yet I knew I had cancer in me. So how do you feel? Inside, I felt like garbage. I felt really, really unbalanced and, and, and bad. The upside to all this is that prostate cancer is typically very slow growing, especially when it's caught early and mine was caught early. It was caught early because I went for a regular annual physical exam and got blood work. I also got a DRE. That stands for a digital rectal exam. That is enough to strike fear in the hearts of most men. I had no symptoms and I still don't again. The only way, the only way my cancer got diagnosed is because I went in for a routine exam. And not just that, when there was an issue that came up, which was my PSA, which was slightly past normal into the abnormal range, and my doctor offered to me or suggested seeing a urologist, I decided to see a urologist. When the urologist gave me an, an option to wait another three months and have a blood test or have a biopsy, I insisted on having a biopsy, and it was that biopsy that revealed the cancer. I want you to understand that a PSA <clears throat> by itself is just an indicator. By itself, it does not detect cancer. If you have an elevated PSA, you need to follow your doctor's advice if he says you need a biopsy, and, and you need to really question him so that he's recommending a biopsy. And if he's not, there needs to be a really, really, really good reason why. Because a PSA by itself is not proof positive of cancer. Now, my PSA was 4.4. Had it been 2.9, which it is now, my PSA actually went down. I didn't realize, realize a PSA could go down, but it can and mine did. If I got my first check now with a PSA of 2.9, even though I have prostate cancer, it still it kind of gets caught in my throat every time I say that. But if I had gotten checked now, nobody would have said anything. There would have been no red flags raised and I would be proceeding on everyday life with prostate cancer in me. So it was a blessing really that my prostate cancer was caught when it was. My PSA is now well within the range of, of normal but I have cancer. Another thing you should know, it is possible to have a low, low PSA and have cancer, me. It is also possible to have a high PSA well into the abnormal range past 4.0 and not have cancer. You need to communicate with your doctor to make sure you have a clear picture of what is going on with you and your body.
So I'm grateful now that I am in the protocol, so to speak, where my doctor is going to be checking my PSA level every four months. Now, I thought this might be an issue because I was thinking that, well, I am just going through this active surveillance waiting for my PSA to get high enough so that the cancer gets worse and then we have a bigger situation to deal with. This is a question I posed to my doctor. He assured me that that is not the case, that once you have cancer, your PSA is very sensitive to that cancer so that if the cancer grows, your PSA is going to reflect that, right? And by checking it every three months, we are able to stay ahead of the curve and that if something starts getting out of hand, steps can be taken to mitigate any serious problems before it's too late. Now, I've heard men say that I rather not know that if it's my time, it's, it's my time. If God wants to take me out, he's going to take me out. I don't want to know about that. This, my friends, is an exceptionally stupid idea to carry on. It's a stupid way of looking at life. Two things. We have to be our own best advocate and we have to be proactive. Our best chance at getting great health care is to absolutely accept nothing less than great Healthcare. We are the boss of our health. We are the boss of our lives. We are the boss of our bodies. We are in charge. Now, let me give you some facts and numbers. Nearly as many men get prostate cancer as women get breast cancer. Over 288,000 men are expected to be diagnosed with prostate cancer last year. We're expected. Of course, this being 2024, we don't have statistics, statistics this year. 288,000 men were expected to have prostate cancer last year. Of those men, 34,000 men were expected to die from prostate cancer, 34,000 men. It is a very, very, very serious situation. Unfortunately, the incidence rate of prostate cancer has been increasing at about 3% every year. So we can expect those numbers to be even worse this year. Now there is not even close to enough attention given to prostate cancer awareness. We all know the color for breast cancer awareness is pink. And we see in pro sports and basketball, football, baseball, we see players wearing pink. I have never seen, I don't know that it hasn't happened, I haven't seen them wear colors for prostate cancer awareness. I haven't seen the attention given to prostate cancer awareness is given to breast cancer and it should be. It is critically important that awareness of breast cancer be publicized, talked about, that all the resources, all the scientific creativity and research that goes to it should go to it because it's critically important. 
My issue is that it doesn't happen that way for prostate cancer. Hardly anybody knows the color for prostate cancer awareness. I didn't know until I did some research for a talk I gave on men's health care a couple of years ago. The color is light blue. Prostate Cancer Awareness Month is September. The good news about prostate cancer is that it's typically not aggressive. And so the reason so many people die from this cancer is generally because it's caught late. The reason it's caught late is because way too many men are foolish when it comes to their health care. Women are way better at it than men are. And a lot of men get stupid at the thought of getting a digital rectal exam. They're, they're, they're frail weak-ass male egos prevent them from doing the very things that can save their lives. That is why 35,000 men die every year from this because men are not finding out they have it until it's too late. You have to get an exam. You have to do it. You have to do it. You have to do it. The other thing is that there's very little in the media about men's health in general or prostate cancer specifically. That's the reason I spoke out about the issue and why I'm doing it today. That's the reason I'm sharing my story is because somehow men going in for a regular physical exam has got to be normalized. It has to become widely acceptable that that's what men do. Fellas, you are not less of a man if you go to see a doctor. You are not less of a man if you go to get a prostate exam and a DRE. You are more of a man. Men of high caliber, men of high quality do all that they can to be here for as long as they can, especially if... You have a family. Fact. Fact. When it's caught early, prostate cancer is oftentimes curable. Now, you don't hear that word talked about a lot when it comes to cancer, but prostate cancer, when it's caught early, is oftentimes curable. Accentuates the necessity, the importance of getting checked every year. So men, get over your little bullshit concerns and get checked. If you're over 55, you need to get a prostate exam every year. That your, your, your physical exam, which will include a prostate exam and a digital rectal exam, has to happen every year if you're over 55. If you have a first degree relative who has or had prostate cancer, you should start getting checked at the age of 40. It is critical. It is critical. A first degree relative would be either your father or your brother. If either of those had or has prostate cancer, you need to get checked starting at age 40, okay? It is critically, 
critically important. It is always better to know early than it is to learn later on. We can do better and we should do better. It is important that we do this for ourselves and for the ones we love. So that's it today. I hope I reached you. I also want to say something else that, uh, let me just backtrack a little bit. Women, you can have a huge role in helping your men. Y'all know that a lot of men are real corny when it comes to taking care of their health. Now, I can tell you this, that men don't want to be pestered. And some women, some underlying women do that. It's not a winning strategy. Encourage your men. Tell them that they're important, that they're needed, that they're loved. Offer to go with them to the doctor for their appointments. I was blessed to have a female friend of mine who went with me when I went to get the answer for my biopsy. She wound up having to stay out in the truck because there was no room in the waiting room. She stayed for an hour in the truck. I was blessed to have that. I am telling you, ladies, you can be a very big part of a success story for your husbands by encouraging him to go for annual physical exams. Your part is very important in this equation. All right. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you all take this very, very seriously, especially the men. So if you were moved by this, especially, especially this one, please share it with the men in your life. Please share it with women who have men in their lives. Also, hit the subscribe button if any of this moved you and share it with everybody. Also, I have a daily newsletter. It's called Hello Sunshine, and it, get, it hits your mailbox every day. It's very brief. It's free, and it's all about starting your day off in a positive, uplifting way, and I hope you'll Follow the link right here. If you're listening and not watching on YouTube, you can go on my website. It is KenHarge.com. At the top of the page, there's a link that says Hello Sunshine. Click on that. Fill it out. The email newsletter will come to your inbox every day. All right. It's your man, Ken. It's your man, KLH. You know what it is. Thanks for kicking it. We'll do it again next week. All right. I'm